0: Start from the minute you walk into biology, guys. I mean, don't just walk in. do move across the world. And you don't talk to them. Use your face. Use your body. Use everything. That's what I do. I mean, I just send out this vibe, and I have personally found that women do respond. I mean, something happens.
1: Well, naturally, something happens. I mean, you. Put the vibe out to 30 million chicks something is gonna
0: happen that's the idea around that's the attitude the attitude yeah the attitude dictates that you don't care whether she comes stays lays or prays i mean whatever happens your toes are still tapping And when you got that <laughs> then you have the attitude scott if your life had a face i would punch
1: it
2: yeah wait what
0: Let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? Do you think I'm especially not a genius?
1: Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood.
3: Goody! Hello everyone and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number
4: 141, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Now that I'm out of energy from that long Game of Thrones deconstruction... <laughs>
3: Yeah, I've debated whether or not we should talk about Game of Thrones on the show Wait. now that it's over. And you know what? I don't want to. No, we did it before the show. We're good. Well, even if we hadn't. Right. I, mean, I really just don't even want to get into it. Yeah, yeah.
4: Maybe like someday, like years from now when people have moved on.
3: The internet is dark and full of terrors. Right?
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it's not really like where we had to do the in defense of The Last Jedi. Well,
3: it's very similar. Right. That's what, that would have been we already our did approach. that episode, yeah. Yeah. If you want to hear how we feel about it, then listen to that. <laughs>
4: One thing about Fast Times at Ridgemont High, when I was watching it, I was just like, is this movie maybe, like, too on the nose for us? I don't know. It just seems like, just like the nostalgia of the the mall sequences and everything. And then I I was just like, the Mike Damone and Mark Ratner characters, I was just like, could that just be our podcast? Like, (laughs) the Mike Damone and Mark Ratner show? I mean, I don't think we have to, like, explain to people which one's which, but... Oh, that's too depressing for words.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's the prototype for everything really it's yeah. such a influential and iconic film well that's the thing that obviously has like of time
4: one of the most famous nude scenes of all time yeah well we'll get to that sure yeah. i know but i'm just saying like all these factors that i was watching i was just like man i don't know this just this feels like too up our alley if that's possible
3: it's strange that we haven't gotten to it yet that's right so here we are it's a big one 1982 directed by Amy Heckerling, written by Cameron Crowe, based on his book.
4: Yeah. I was thinking that, too. I was like, you know, this is kind of like risque territory for Crowe. It, it feels like a, a, he's really moved towards a more family-friendly type vibe. But, I mean, I don't think... I mean, almost famous, sure. There's some sketchy territory. There's some overdosing and whatnot. Some. Uh, well, I, th- this, I mean, it was based
3: off of him being an undercover journalist that Claremont High I think it's right. all based in reality yeah yeah and it's a very in your face look at teenage culture at the time which is why it's so timeless because this movie very much applied sure. to my teenage experience yeah, in the 90s for sure and the only thing that really holds it back from being completely relevant today is just the switch over to cell phones and the internet right. But everything else is still the same and there's that shocking honesty, pull no punches, matter-of-fact presentation about sex, about all of these different things. There's
4: a lot of just like snippets from this movie that you could just relate to. (laughs) Little vignettes, almost.
3: Before we jump into it, let's remind our listeners to follow the show on Twitter, at GreatestPod, subscribe on iTunes, and give us a rating and review on there as well. Yeah,
4: we've seen some good ones out there lately, certainly loving it.
3: Yeah, it doesn't hurt to read a positive review. It helps. Yeah, every little bit helps. Absolutely. <laughs> and we're bringing back a favorite segment from yesteryear, the stickers. That's if right. somebody, anybody yes. wants a sticker, a free sticker, yep. they can reach out to us via Twitter at Greatest Pod. Hit us up, and sure. we'll we'll hook you up with a a free sticker. Slide into the DMs or whatever. You can yeah. just tweet out in the open <laughs> tweet
4: your address and we'll mail it to you well
3: the address part will go in the DMs right. okay. but you know hit us up you
2: guys had shirts on when you came in here there's something happened to him man. <laughs> come on Spicoli just put the shirts back on
5: you see that sign no shirt
1: no, no shoes
5: no, no dice <laughs> right
1: learn it
3: know it Live it. As I mentioned, this was based off of a nonfiction book, which I used to own at one point. Although I never read because it cost me like seventy-five dollars. Oh wow! Because it's out of print. Okay. And then I sold it, As and so I never you read often it. Do yeah, yeah. And now it's way more expensive. Wow. So hopefully, it comes back in print at some point. Yeah. First-time director Amy Heckerling, They had to fight with the studio wow. to even Same release story it. Every episode. Universal was convinced it was going to be a bomb, so they were like pulling it from the East Coast, <laughs> 400 theaters. They were taking it out of like, oh, this is just going to be a disaster. Yeah. They had to go back and forth with the MPAA, potential X rating. They had to cut out things. They had to make compromises. I think that if this movie were to be released today, it would get an NC-17 and be highly wow. controversial. Because of one specific scene, which I'm sure we'll talk about in yeah. great detail. <laughs> that happens with no nudity
4: believe it or not
3: just at a lunch table yeah (laughs) and it's just an interesting story of this all coming together but one of my favorite things was that the script was offered to none other than david lynch wow first and foremost can
4: you imagine that version of it (laughs) (laughs) it would have been interesting right that's for sure weird sort of supernatural beings existing in high school he said that
3: he thought it was funny but turned it down saying, It's not really my thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like when George Lucas offered him Return of the Jedi. Yeah. (laughs) And he was just like,
4: It's not really my
3: thing, George.
4: It's nice to know that this many people were after Eraserhead he
3: had a lot of buzz in the industry. He was like the hot name. Now if that would have come out now, he would have been offered like all the Marvel shit (laughs) or whatever. (laughs)
6: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, what can we say about this movie? It's one of those heavy hitter movies I don't know if we're really going to bring anything new to the conversation, but we're going to go through it in our usual way. Yeah. Do you remember the Filled first time you saw
4: it? <laughs> e. I don't know, man. Certainly late 90s, probably, you know. Yeah, Around I was in high school. Time I period of just seeing a lot of these. It, it's weird because it's not really like this, but I certainly like associate this with like Porky's.
3: I just watched Porky's today.
4: Wow. Wow. In it's. Preparation Porky's
3: is nowhere near as good as this. Oh, Porky's absolutely. does not hold up at <laughs> right, all. Right.
4: But I'm just thinking about like high school with like a little bit of raunchiness to the movie. Yeah. I just saw a lot of movies like this around the same time. Probably around the same time that I saw like, you know, the first couple American Pie movies, you know?
3: Yeah. I associate this with Kevin Smith stuff and getting into like yeah. Tarantino and Boogie Nights and things that are nothing You'll like think, it. Like, but and it was confused. that big. Yeah. Days and Confused. It was that big. Yeah, I may have even that may have been the rental pairing. Right, may have been days and confused in this. I don't, I wow. don't know. I had you would already think seen... they would
4: line that up as like a double feature at a at a theater some night or something.
3: Yeah, I think what's interesting about this and what differentiates it from something like Porky's is that this is set in modern times. Yes, there's no weird like baby boomer nostalgia. Right. The nudity is very realistic. Yeah. Whereas the nudity in Porky's, they're <laughs> A real bunch bodies. Of
4: women taking showers together.
3: Yeah, they're real bodies, but like the setups for those things are all very predatory and right. bizarre. And I, yeah, there are things in Fast Times that don't necessarily yeah. hold up in 2019, but it's you don't feel that rapey vibe right, that right. you feel in like Revenge of the Nerds or Porky's or something like that.
4: Yeah, it's just when I first saw Fast Times at Ridgemont High, it was around this time period. I'm in middle school. In yeah. these, you know, my friends Tits. are telling me about these movies. <laughs> yeah, and it's like I've seen American. I, I'm seeing American Pie for the first time, and then Howard Stern, Private Parts, all these movies. So I, I associate my first time seeing Fast Times at Ridgemont High with that smut.
3: Yeah, it sucks. We are definitely heading towards. Actually, scratch that. We are in a very return to puritanical times where people fear sex and nudity, and everything's offensive to everybody. Yeah. And I'm not going to get into a whole political thing about which side is causing it and why this is all happening and why it's weird or whatever, but the bottom line is we're self-censoring to the point of things not being fun. Right. And I just truly believe that this movie could never exist today, and if they tried, it would it would be rated NC-17 and people would
4: flip out about it. I would say so, There's yeah.
3: T- people would think things are too problematic, even though it's very based in real shit
4: oh and there is certainly a lot of truths to like the conversations that are happening the female characters talking to each other the male characters talking to each other right boyfriends and girlfriends interacting with each other I mean if you don't feel like these scenes are straight from reality you're lying to yourself I mean it was all resonating with me with certain things that happened to me throughout high school yes and
3: I think the thing that makes this stand out more than a lot of things is the fact that the movie is told almost exclusively from the point of view of the kids there's no parents i think stacy's mom has one line when she's tucking her into bed which is kind of weird yeah that's it there's no other parents in the entire movie right because why would there need to be mr hand when you're living well he's a teacher an adult yeah but yeah there's a couple teachers mr hand mr vargas but the parents are absent because it's the world of the teenagers it's yes. their world it's the things they think are important the things that fill up their daily lives their drama whatever and that resonates with a younger audience because i think the studio was afraid to go full kids and they wanted yeah american graffiti type nostalgia bullshit from right. like their parents added in and yeah a- and crow were like what like why would we do that <laughs> not a lot of abortions in american graffiti <laughs> That's true. Fast Times also popularized vans, courtesy of Spicoli, and made that a national brand. And there was a short-lived. Did not know that. Yeah, neither did I. There was a short-lived TV series in 1986. It ran for seven episodes. Wow. I think Ray Walston returned as Mr. Hand, and Mr. Vargas was the same, but all the kids were different. Oh
4: wow. Oh, but the same characters though. Yeah. Okay.
3: They had a Damone and a Spicoli. I, I think, love when uh, that happens. McDreamy was in it. What's his name?
4: Yeah, I can't remember. And Is uh it like Patrick Dempsey? Yeah, yes. De-
3: Patrick Dempsey and uh Courtney Thorne Smith, who I think was on Melrose Place. Okay. They were both in it.
4: Was Patrick Dempsey Spicoli? He always seemed like a, a knockoff Sean Penn to me. I don't think so. Okay. But I don't I I don't know. And I'm not looking it up right now. No, <laughs> no, please don't.
3: Am I hallucinating here? Just what in the hell do you think you're doing?
2: Learning about Cuba. Having some food. Mr. Spicoli, you're on dangerous ground here. You're causing a major disturbance on my time.
5: (laughs) I've been thinking about this, Mr. Hand. If I'm here and you're here, doesn't that make it our time? We certainly did nothing wrong with a little feast on our time.
3: Okay, so the movie opens with the Ridgemont Mall. L.A. and all oh of my its gosh. suburbs in this the 80s. This is like,
4: when I was watching this, I was like, man, this is making me long for a time forgotten. Even though this movie is like, you know, before.
3: This movie I, came out before either of us were born. Right. Even me.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it definitely still, I mean, I think that this mall vibe carried on through the 90s.
3: Oh, God, I know. You know, going to the, the mall, mall on a Friday so night.
4: Just like a hotbed of activity. The movie theater at the mall is bumping the food, food court, court bumping just yeah uh,
3: perry's pizza it's that's... a fucking gold mine
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah jesus now christ now you like walk through the food court it's like all the places are closed <laughs> it's a wasteland yeah
3: but yeah i'm definitely way in on la and its suburbs in the early 80s i love it i yeah. love i love the look of it i right. love everything about it you get it in very similar movies to this like valley girl or Last American Virgin, or whatever. Like, a lot of these teen movies or horror movies from this time period that were shot on the cheap, just running around all right. the different places in L.A. It's great. So we meet all the different characters very quickly. Yeah. We have Linda, played by Phoebe Cates, and Oof. Stacy, played Oof. by Jennifer Jason Lee. They both work at Perry's Pizza. Linda's kind of the over-experienced oh, older yeah. friend. Stacy is... Supposedly only 15.
4: Linda is just that chick in high school that was just like never dated a dude like in high school, always dating like older dudes. You had no shot as a peer.
3: Yeah, there's definitely a familiarity with all of the different characters in this. Like, you definitely recognize it and you're like, yeah, they seem almost stereotypical, but that's because they're real. Yes. And Cameron Crowe captures that in this story. And I'm reminded of this essay that Chuck Klosterman wrote about the real world about how like the way that people acted on the real world then influenced people in real life (laughs) and then people became character types because of that and it's like which came first the character types in fast times or the people that then filled in those roles because you know that people in your high school fit these categories and they yeah. may not have even seen this movie. I would say not. I, yeah I And yet th- they're like almost to a T being these people. Yeah. And it just permeated the culture in such a way that you knew a Linda at your high school.
4: I just think linda knew always a linda existed. I mean, you go back to like as far back in history, I mean there was always <laughs> like a group of girls and there was one that was always like the cool one that was too good for the immediate group and had to go outside of it.
3: This will kind of be a recurring theme in this episode, so we might as well bring it up now. The ages of the characters are very confusing to me. Yeah. I'm never really sure who's what age, who's graduating at the end. It's all right. very confusing because Jennifer Jason Lee is playing I think a fourteen year old, right? Fifteen. 15 okay. She's supposed to be like the youngest, but she's older than Phoebe Cates in, in, in real, real life. life. Yes. Okay. Phoebe Cates was the youngest person in the movie other than Nicolas Cage. And
4: how old was she when this? Oh, Phoebe Cates
3: was 18. Okay, wow. I think. All right. 18 or 19. And I think Nicolas Cage was 17. Yeah. And he's barely in it. Yes. But everyone else, I think, is more closer to, like, 20 or older. Right, okay. I think Judge Reinhold was, like, 25 or something. (laughs) He
4: looks like he's, like, in his 30s. I mean, he seems, like, so old compared to the other characters. Yeah. Even when I was young. When people like seemed age appropriate in movies, I always thought that he seemed too old.
3: Yeah, because I think Gremlins was like a year or two later and he's playing like a businessman, right. basically. And yeah. you're just like, what?
4: <laughs> it's funny though, like when I think back to my first experiences with this movie, I always think about Brad and definitely Jennifer Jason Lee's character as like kind of the main characters. But as years have gone on, I mean, Mike Damone really heavily featured in this.
3: Well, I think the main storyline is certainly the Stacy, Rat, yeah, Damone, right. and then to a lesser extent Linda and Brad are like the peripheral characters. Yes. And then like the Spicoli thing is almost like a separate thing.
4: Story that's just happening simultaneously. It's
3: almost just for comedic effect, yes, just right. to like pepper in there. Like his whole back and forth with with Mr. Hand yes. that lasts the duration of the movie. One of the more controversial things is that they state that Stacy is 15 sure, and she's yeah. just entering high school and then she's nude throughout the movie. <laughs> right. And the big thing that they cut out of the movie was they filmed a full frontal scene with her and Damone, both full frontal. Wow. Because they wanted it to like just be so awkward and horrible. Yeah. And that's that's what they were going for. It's and they so, had to well, cut yeah. that out. To make it not be rated X. It was
4: still awkward and horrible. Right. Yeah, Yeah,
3: they still do a good job of making that scene as awkward and uncomfortable as you could make it. But you could never do something like that now. You could not just be like, this girl's 15 and then think like, yeah, we're going to have a full frontal nude scene.
4: And it is strange (laughs) that they do that.
3: But it was a different time. It was like, how do you tell a story about over-sex teens having sex? You can't use real teens. Just use older people. Yes, but now, like you but can't really do that, right? Yes,
4: you're <laughs> j- you're just blurring some weird lines.
3: I don't think it's technically illegal in this country. It is in some countries to do that, but it's certainly frowned upon. Yeah, you can't pretend say, right. that somebody's younger than they are, and then just go with that. I mean, it's just it's too weird.
4: Yeah, it's there's definitely some and they caught. I mean, they, it
3: was controversial even then. Okay, yeah, but they were able to get away with it, and I think people understood. It's like, well, she's really like twenty.
4: Yeah,
3: <laughs> it's not a big deal, right? <laughs> okay, so they work at Perry's Pizza. They're excited about the hot guy Ron Johnson, who's I guess twenty six. Yeah, Stacy sort of tells 11 him eleven year age gap. Yeah, with, she tells him that she's nineteen. Right, but I always, and we'll get to this more on their date. But I always have the feeling that Ron knows that she's not nineteen, and just as that's what he's interested in. Yeah. I mean, the way he acts like, on the date, not not really in this scene.
4: Uh, yeah, Ron, though, I mean, he is so lame. I mean, it's like she goes to the table, and he's like, oh, hey, you working hard or hardly working?
3: Oh, yeah, it's And brutal. I'm like,
4: that works? <laughs> well, it works
3: <laughs> on a 15-year-old girl. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> when you're 11 years or elder. So, you working hard or hardly working? <laughs> <laughs> You look like you could still be in high school.
1: Yeah, I know, everybody says that. How old are you? 19. How old are you?
4: 26. Think we could still be friends?
1: So what can I get for you?
4: How about a meatball sandwich?
3: A medium Coke? And your phone number? The whole thing with Stacey is she's experimenting with sex and her sexuality for the first time and so her character definitely gets in over her head a lot yeah which girls i think are sometimes want to do in this age demographic and that's the whole point of the title of the film is like these times are too fast for this age group at least that's what amy heckerling kept harping on in the commentary over and over it's like yeah we know what the title (laughs) means (laughs) But she wanted somebody that looked really young, which yep. was Jennifer Jason Leigh. She wanted her to look really small, physically. Okay, nailed it. Because some of the other actresses were young-looking, too, but they were like physically like taller or whatever. Yeah. She wanted somebody that looked really small and out of place in these situations. In reality, I think Ron Johnson, the guy that played him, was only like seven months older than her. <laughs> okay, yeah. But yeah, in this movie, it's supposed to be like 11 years, which yeah, is yeah. crazy.
4: Yeah, like, Ron's, like, a stereo salesman or whatever, but I think he gives her his, his card? card that's, like, audio, I don't know, consultant or <laughs> something. <like> Patrick <laughs> Bateman. I was like, oh, man, we need Ron to work on this show, you know? Stacy's getting pressure from
3: Linda to go for it. That's kind of their dynamic is that yeah? Linda's pushing her into doing things. Not super heavily, and but she's right. providing advice. I actually think Linda turns out to be, like, pretty cool in the end. Yeah,
4: I think so. I mean, she's a little. You
3: keep waiting for there to be some sort of turn with her, or like almost maybe like comeuppance for her. Like, oh, she's a fraud, but that never really happens. I think the big
4: down with her is that she's just sort of like too good for everyone that's around her. You know.
3: Yeah, but I think she's, I think she's nice to Stacy. I and, think so and Loyal too. to her. Yeah.
4: I mean, I will say though. I mean, Stacy's trying to have these like coming of age experiences, and Linda's very, you know, she kind of just like blows right past that it's just like oh just do it it's no big deal yeah
3: yeah she's somewhat dismissive she says that she did it when she was 13
4: right (laughs) and it's like linda don't be a one-upper like i said before you know yeah we get it linda
3: you're a big slut calm down
4: (laughs) well that's the thing it's like well who knows what therapy you're dealing with so don't push this off on me and make this decision for me
3: so after the girls we meet rat or mark ratner i'm gonna probably alternate between calling him rat and mark he works at the movie theater, which is across the way from yep. Perry's Pizza.
4: Mark Ratner, a little bit like looking in a mirror for me. Not <laughs> looks-wise, certainly. but I think
3: the thing with Mark Ratner is he's just like your average, everyday loser. guy. Yeah. Oh, god. I, I wouldn't even say loser. He's sure. just pretty Yeah, normal. he's just a
4: nice guy with nothing special about him.
3: He works at the movie theater. He's telling everyone, smoking's upstairs to your left. Yeah. I can't even imagine what that was like. Yeah,
4: that would be insane. I feel like that would change our whole movie-going experience. Well, that
3: was just how life was. Right, People yeah, smoked, smoked everywhere. everywhere. It was horrible. I'm surprised anybody survived. Yeah. How are we even alive as humans?
4: Like, what the were, thing we're, is what's happening? The smoke is still like baked into all these like buildings and furniture. Yeah, places. this apartment. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you're still like breathing it in, right getting now. secondhand smoke.
3: Ratner's buddy is Damone, played by Robert Romanus.
4: Ratner's buddy, an all-around cool dude, I would say. He's kind of your typical predatory friend. Yeah. A lot of these Ratner-Damone scenes, I mean, they certainly remind me of some conversations between you and I oh my throughout God. my life when you've had to like, <laughs> talk to me about how to act around girls and everything, you know? Get out of here. with that. The- <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't mean in a predatory way, but he's just always like, play it cool, don't give a shit, wherever you're at is, where's, is the place to be. A lot of good tips like this. Well, there was definitely some dark oh, days. Absolutely. I'm not denying that.
3: Damon is the scalper and there's these kids they want to buy first ten rows of Van Halen tickets and the original cost was twelve fifty and he's selling them for twenty. Yeah. Just another time, really. <laughs>
4: <laughs> for sure. That between that and the smoking. See, this is something that like I don't even understand how like buying concert tickets like worked. At you this had to point. physically go wait at a outlet yeah i used to do that i did it at the trail end like just random ticket master stands that were like out there which seems like such a weird thing to exist oh
3: yeah i mean i stood out in a line when i was like in middle school for pearl jam tickets Wow, i I was there like hours and hours before they were on sale and then they did a stupid lottery so it didn't even matter that i was there like so early
4: (laughs) although i do like it better than now when there's like going to be a big show and it sells out online in like 30 seconds. Yeah. A- and then everything's available for resale for I know three times markup or whatever. I don't get why they even let that happen. Scalpers
3: used to have to physically go and buy the tickets and they would have them on hand, and that's what Damone is. Yep. After we meet the mall kids, we switch over to All-American Burger. We meet Brad who is Stacy's older brother, played by Judge Reinhold. That's right, the Honorable Judge Reinhold. One of Judge's buddies, or Brad's buddies, is Nicolas Cage, who That's right. almost was cast as Brad, even though he was the youngest person in the movie. He oh, was wow. lying about his age. He was going by Nicholas Coppola back then. Would
4: go on to be in Valley Girl. Yes. And then, you know, a million other movies and have a huge career. Yeah, it was interesting. The
3: audio commentary with... Heckerling and Crow for this movie, I believe was probably recorded for the original DVD, so it's pretty old. But it was in the days when they didn't really realize what these commentaries would be, so they're super honest about a lot of shit. Oh, wow. And you can definitely tell that Heckerling was questioning whether or not she made the right decision to cast Judge Reinhold over (laughs) Nicolas Cage. Wow. But I think she was only basing that on the fact that Cage became a big star. Yeah, yeah. Not really saying that the performance was bad right and i think they eventually worked their way back to realizing that judge reinhold was the right call i do think he's the the right guy for brad yes (laughs) for sure and he's great in this movie actually even though he does seem too old too old right i agree with that so he's dating lisa who also works at all american burger
4: lisa i think she's kind of a babe oh yeah definitely okay
3: he gets his buddy arnold a job there eventually we'll get into this as we go but the movie really is just a rough road for poor Brad. It really a lot is. of shit dumped on his ca- it head. It doesn't
4: really seem like he deserves it, other than his tragic flaw introduced in the beginning is the fact that everything's going good for him. He's got this great job at All American Burger, which <laughs> they <to laughs> act like it's like this awesome job. But you know, he's got grand aspirations to sort of break up with his girlfriend and go be this great eligible bachelor for his senior year. And as we know, the best-laid plans of fucking senior dudes in high school, yeah, I would often say that awry.
3: that idea is echoed a little bit, and can't hardly wait. Yes, where they want to break up. But now sure. they're going to college, so it's a little different, right? But it's the same but idea. Like, oh, off- I have a big plan for myself. I need to get rid of this anchor. Yeah.
4: I mean, we're starting off kind of going into their senior year, though, right? Isn't that the Brad? Thing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brad and Lisa's.
3: Yeah, I right. believe. Like I said, it's hard to tell who's graduating. Yeah, true. Because I never realized until probably, who knows, the 10th time watching this movie that Linda is supposed to be, like, a lot older than yeah, Stacy. I got the idea that she was older, but, like, I didn't realize she was graduating. Right.
4: Yeah, I, I would have thought that those two are more, like, peers, but Linda just, like, seems older because of the way that she acts.
3: Yeah, But then at the end, she does talk about her boyfriend from Chicago not coming to her graduation. But you never really, you know, by that point in the movie, you're not thinking about it. Boyfriend from
4: Chicago. This babe in California.
3: Well, I think the idea is he's, like, way older.
4: Yeah, I know. But there's not an older guy that's, like, Well, that's the thing. It's always somebody that's, like, not there. Right, I know.
3: Well, that speaks to what her life is actually like. There might be a lot of bluster... Sure. Putting up yeah. a big front, but she might be kind of scared or insecure. Or right. Who knows? Like, she's I think putting there's up some issues there. That's fair something. to say. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely some issues. Oh, yeah. Coming into the All-American Burger, we finally meet Spicoli, played by Sean Penn. His stoner buds are Anthony Edwards and Eric Stoltz. That's right. Early roles wow. For them. How about
4: that? Eric yeah, Stoltz not- might get talked about more on this podcast, really, than anyone else. It seems like <laughs> he just comes up. He pops up. Yeah. There's not a ton that we can really add to the Spicoli conversation.
3: What What do you even say
4: about it, really? I mean, this is this thing that goes on throughout the movie, but there's no substance to it.
3: It's a crazy character that's become iconic. Yeah. Apparently, Sean Penn was like super method and would only answer to Spicoli even at like his house. Oh and, wow! And his answering machine, and you know, it's strange to think. Hey, out worked out this for Sean Penn. Cast. Yeah, he becomes an Oscar winner. A lot of the cast, though went on to big things. It's a crazy cast when you run through everybody oh, yeah. that's in it. I mean, it. Jennifer
4: Jason Leigh It's. I mean, she was in a Quentin Tarantino movie like Yeah, she was that just nominated for an Oscar. Right.
3: She was in Twin Peaks The Return. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And obviously, Nicolas Cage, Forrest Whitaker, yep. Eric Stoltz, <laughs> Anthony Edwards. <laughs> that's right. Phoebe Cates
4: had a decent career. I don't really know what happened. She just stopped acting Well, she's the one that really pops point. in this movie. She's the one that I feel like when you saw this, if you saw it when it came out, you would have been like, that's the star, like that's going on for years to come. Yeah, and she was in
3: a few other things until about, I don't know, the mid nineties and then she just stopped being like, yeah, in. Yeah,
4: no thanks. Yeah.
3: After we get the introductions to everybody at their places of work, it's the first day of school. Presumably this would be the first day of high school for Stacy. Nicholas Cage very quickly in that American Girl or whatever This
4: I think that's the song that
3: Yes it kicks is kicks off yep. the high school day. Uh, Nick Cage goes by and puts that sign on a guy's back that says, I am a homo.
4: Yes. (laughs) Would be frowned upon these days, I would say. Yeah, there's a few slurs. Sure. (laughs) Questionable moments, we'll call them.
3: Yeah. It's just funny that that's Nick Cage, though. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's (laughs) just like... (laughs) But, I mean, we went to high school way later than
4: this. That's what people were still doing oh, yeah. even in our day. I had Things have several signs now. saying homo put on my back. <laughs> even still now. Oh well, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm not
3: excusing it. It is what it is, but I think in nineteen eighty two, I mean it's pretty based in reality as to what a high school guy's sense of humor was. Kids are mean. <laughs> Especially kids in high school. Brad shows up in the cruising vessel. He really is living that big man on campus life. Even oh, yeah. though he doesn't seem like a particularly cool no, guy. No.
4: I think even in the Wikipedia for this, when I was like just kind of re-reading the plot synopsis or whatever, it refers to him as a popular guy. And I, I don't really get that vibe from him. I feel like he, I think popular
3: in a less social status way and, yeah. and more in like he has friends and a girlfriend and a car. Okay, right. I think this is even true to life. By the time you get to be a senior, the whole idea of popularity means less than it did when you're younger than a senior. Yeah, I mean, but it's
4: starting to wane a little bit because it's just like, well, what does this all mean? Yeah,
3: you have your
4: friends and you people do are your like, thing. Right, and people are all getting ready to go off to different colleges.
3: Yeah, I think people are more comfortable with themselves by that point than yeah. you know, when they're 14, 15 and their whole social status means so much more and defines sure. who they are. So he's just doing okay. Okay. He's got a pretty good girlfriend yeah. and he's got friends. Right. And people seem to look up to him because he's seven feet tall and <laughs> 38 years <laughs> that old. That does help. <laughs> Damone is just hanging out in the parking lot trying to sell some tickets to some kids and Jefferson, Charles Jefferson, played by Forrest Whitaker, he's the star athlete of the school. He shows up. Okay, This scene always stands out to me just because Damone tries to act cool like he knows him and he's friends with him. And Jefferson's like, don't fuck with it or whatever, talking about his car. Yes. And then Damone, when he walks back over to those kids, he's like, shit, that's my man. <laughs> the way he says it is so funny. <laughs> yeah. Damone is such an ass. Yeah,
4: Damone is just like a doofus.
3: Yeah, I'm kind of offended that you keep comparing him to Yeah,
4: me. but I don't know. He does have a lot of good pep talks for rap. He's not the worst. He does right. something terrible- he does a couple of terrible things. Yeah, I mean, in obviously, <laughs> I, and maybe you need to take this and figure it out for yourself a little bit. But obviously, to me, he's mostly embarrassed about himself the way that he acts for some of these things. Now, you know? I think
3: Robert Romanus, the actor, was playing the part as if he was a transplant from New Jersey because he doesn't seem like he's a California kid at sure, all. Sure, right. And the idea in his mind was. The reason he acts like this is because when like a new kid shows up... You have to act cool. Yeah, you present yourself in, as almost like a character yeah. sometimes when you're older. Maybe not in elementary school, but in high school you show up and you you got to be this person and you oh, want to yeah. project this image, and he's
4: doing a character. I was a new kid in high school. I projected myself as someone who didn't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> it worked out well.
3: <laughs> but it's similar to what we were speculating about Linda. Now, we know Linda is a hot chick and that sure, just yeah. rules anything in high that, school really yeah but there still could be this projection of being way more experienced than she actually is and right having this way more glamorous life than she really does we don't know for sure but with damone it seems much more likely i would say i can't imagine he's actually had that much sexual experience
4: doesn't seem that way in fact the scene we that see, we see yeah.
3: may have been him losing his virginity i don't I don't know if we know for sure. Well,
4: yeah, it's not confirmed, but I think you could take that away. Certainly a possibility.
3: So do we want to talk about the whole Mr. Hand Spicoli thing?
4: I don't really have a lot to say about it. I mean, I know there's a lot of scenes in the movie that revolve around this.
3: Now, do you remember what we know Ray Walston from, Mr. Hand? I do not. He was in the apartment.
4: Oh, wow. One of the guys using the apartment. Yeah, no, I would not have. Did you... Tell that to yeah. me on the apartment episode? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's been a rough year for me, you know. <laughs> I, not, not I just remember him
3: sick. calling Jack Lemon buddy boy and yeah. stuff like that. wow. That is weird. It's a lot younger, obviously. I mean, the big
4: thing for me, the weirdest part of the whole Mr. Hand, Spicoli thing is Mr. Hand showing up at his house, which doesn't happen until the end of the movie.
3: Right. Well, Spicoli calls him a dick, and the yeah. class completely no-sells it, which right. I think is funny. <laughs> dick. <laughs>
2: Aloha, my name is Mr. Han. I have but one question for you. Can you attend my class? It is for your own good, and if you can't make it, I can make you. We have a 20 question quiz every Friday. Your grade is the average of all your quizzes, plus the midterm and final, which counts for one third. Got it? Also, uh, there will be no eating. E-A-T-I-N-G. No eating in this class. You get used to doing your own business on your own time. That's one demand I make. Just like you wouldn't want me to come to your house some evening and discuss U.S. history on your time, understand?
6: Yes, sir.
5: Guy's been stoned since the third grade. Yes? Yeah, I'm registered in this class. What class? This is U.S. history. See the globe right there. Really? Hey. <laughs> May i come in. Oh, please. I
2: get so lonely when I hear that third attendance oh, bell oh. ring and all my kids are not here.
5: <sighs> Sorry I'm late. It's just like this new schedule's totally confusing. I know that, dude. Mr. Spicoli. That's the name they gave me. you're ripping my car. Yeah. Hey, bud, what's your problem?
2: No problem at all. I think you know where the front office is.
3: You dick! Yeah, there's some moments that are dated, like they smell their papers... Because the ink that they used to use for I had no things, idea what the fuck that was. Yeah, you like they used to use this cheap ink for stuff to copy faster because technology was not as good. And okay, yeah, you could get like a little bit of a high. Wow. from Wow, that's a, something that went on in like the sixties, seventies, and eighties. Yeah, I yeah. Guess. And it, okay, wow. You know, by the time we were in school, it wasn't that really was a long thing.
4: gone. Everyone doing it kind of collectively at the same time, though. Yeah. Well, I think work.
3: that's just for comedic right. effect. Yeah. There's some like comedic beats, especially in the opening with like Rat and the Gum. Yeah, true. And the water fountain and all that well, kind of shit. I mean, they try to be goofy sometimes.
4: It is one of those things with Mr. Hand too, though. That I think what, watching this as like a middle school kid, uh, thinking to myself like, "Wow, like high school teachers seem like assholes," you know? Yeah, and you would get some, sure, probably. Yeah, or. I think so. I think rewatching it now, like Mr. Hand, doesn't really seem that bad. No,
3: he's pretty reasonable. Yeah. After we meet Mr. Hand, it's lunchtime. Lyndon stays here together three girls have cultivated the Pat Benatar look the only reason <laughs> i, I mentioned this, this that's something that has been repeated in other movies the idea of a girl right. in the school like three or four girls in the school all having like a look of the moment yeah yeah that happens in like other teen movies throughout the decades since this movie i think this is the first time that that was an idea. Yeah, it is and funny. You, it's funny, though. I like that, that you see those girls throughout the movie, and they wear different clothes, right. but they still are rocking the same look. <laughs> yeah. Like the Pat Benatar look. Which
4: is a pretty cool move, I think. This does certainly bring up memories for me of girls. Of who, when you were rocking the Pat Benatar look in yeah, high school. One of my favorite time periods of my life. And it kind of sounds like you're bashing it at this point. And I don't really mean to. I mean, I've certainly, like changed looks and styles and interests throughout my life but like I certainly remember girls in high school that like when I was there it was the emo phase and there was like a girl who walked in wearing completely straight normal outfit and then like the next day it was like crazy haircut plugs like yeah the wildest punk shirts and everything and then that was just like how they looked every day after that. Yeah, you you're better off like, waiting happened?
3: for a summer break right. to pull yeah, that yeah, move.
4: Yeah. It's just like it's weird to like come in on a Tuesday and then like the next day it's like a complete yeah makeover.
3: Well sometimes you show up and you're like,
4: I I this isn't me. I gotta get out of this. Right. I gotta start over. <laughs> I've made a huge mistake. Right. I need to start again. I mean, I certainly was convinced to do the blonde in my hair over the summer one time. That was. Oh, like, yeah. I used oof. to bleach my hair like when I was in middle school. Uh, yeah, but I mean, strange. it's like, yeah, you look at those pictures now and I'm like, oh my God. I was like, <laughs> mom,
3: come on. Okay, so now this scene was one of the scenes that was highly controversial. They had to cut this scene or the full frontal scene that I mentioned between Stacy and, and they, Limon. they
4: had to cut one or the other, Yeah, and they picked this one as the keeper.
3: Yeah, but this was initially written for Linda and Stacy to both be nude in a hot tub together. That is this.
4: strange, wow.
3: That would have been real wild yeah. and real memorable. Yeah, that is I don't weird. think they filmed that version. And
4: kind of unbelievable, too, I feel like. <laughs> I can buy the scene that actually plays out. Two high school girls nude together in a hot tub, mimicking blowjobs with... <laughs> food i mean it, slow down I'm hold just, on I, i'm almost there i'm not buying it <laughs> yeah well i don't
3: know do we trust cameron crow based this off of a real thing i don't know who yeah. knows the ins and outs of this right. scene okay it's sort of crazier though that they just do it where anybody can see and there is a table of boys watching them and then applauding them at the end of it
1: you hear about the surfer guy who pulled a knife in mr hand this morning oh no he just called him a dick Mm-hmm. Oh, God, people exaggerate so much here. Linda, that girl looks just like Pat Benatar. Oh, I know. Wait, there are three girls here at Richmond who have cultivated the Pat Benatar look. Chanel Sembler, Mary Ann Zlotnick, and the red type. <laughs> Do you think guys find that more attractive? Oh, Stacy, please, give me a break. You are so much prettier than them. Yeah, I, I know. But... You think they'd be better in bed? What do you mean, better in bed? You either do it or you don't. No. They're like variables that I might not be good at. Like what variables? Like, you know, giving blowjobs. What's the big deal? I never did it. You've never given a blowjob? Never? It stays. There's nothing to it. It's so easy. I'm like,
6: check it out.
1: Relax your throat muscles. Don't bite. <laughs> Slide it in. Yeah. Try it again. Good. We're slowly, in and out. You got it. Okay. Can I ask you something and you promise not to laugh?
6: Sure. Okay. When a guy
4: has an orgasm, how much comes out? quarter so. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just practicing. Oh. I can remember stuff like this happening, when not in high school, it was actually middle school, but there was definitely... <laughs> A group of popular girls. You were
3: starring in the movie Kids.
4: That were, no, I mean, obviously it was, like, innocent. I mean, like, but I I can remember stuff like that happening, and they were, like, obviously doing it to, like, get attention. It was, like, a little bit different thing, but I was watching this thinking like, this wasn't that crazy. I thought it was crazy that these dudes applauded. (laughs) Yeah,
3: Yeah, I mean, that's for just to be funny, I guess, but... Stacy's insecure about her lack of sexual experience. She's afraid of other girls, specifically the girls cultivating the Pat Benatar look, being better in bed. Wow, yeah. Linda's like, there is no better in bed. You either do it or you don't. Which <laughs> is not true in real life, but is probably true for high school sex, I, yeah, I guess. Right. I, I mean, mean, I don't know if there's really that many variables. I don't think variables. anybody's
4: experience around that time is like, wow, that was amazing. Yeah. I think it's probably mostly like the Mike Damone you know incident <laughs>
3: yeah stacy's says she never has given a blowjob before so linda shows her on a carrot yeah it's a pretty wild scene with the two of them both blowing a carrot
4: we watched two different killer carrots, joe and out. Yeah. i
3: explained to you why it was rated nc-17 was the scene with like gina Gershon, like yeah blowing right. a chicken wing or something
4: not nearly the most sexually explicit thing that happens in that
3: movie right but that's also very, like, rapey, though, in that moment. That is true. It's a violent scene, so that it plays into it, scene. too. But yeah. just the mimicking of if you haven't seen blowing Killer up Joe, phallic image it item that can push the MPA over the edge at this point. Yeah, well... They were able to get this in there, though.
4: I guess, like, they probably were able to use the pitch of, like, well, we wanted this to be them nude in a hot tub, so how about that? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Biology class, Rat Falls in Love with Stacy. There's all kinds of animals in the classroom, which I think is crazy. But uh, apparently well, that's based
4: off of a real teacher, I, too. I, well, this biology class is insane. Well, yeah, the We're, field trip they end up going on is <laughs> yeah. so wild. Yeah. I
3: have to agree with Rat, though. I fall in love with Stacy here, too. Her interacting with that monkey is very cute to me. Wow. Okay. I love it. Jennifer yeah. Jason Lee is the best.
4: Once again, you and I can't be further apart on the two women at play. I'm well, so- of
3: course, I think Phoebe
4: Case is hot, too.
3: <laughs> what are you talking about? I know.
4: I'm just saying, Jennifer Jason Lee
3: in this scene just seems really cute to me. Yeah. You're saying you'd rather date Linda than Stacy?
4: No. Well, I think I would just always chase after linda like that it would just be a pursuit of linda that never resulted in anything you probably would end up dating stacy yeah i don't know well there was definitely a window
3: to get with stacy She seemed like she was willing to get with anyone (laughs) (laughs) but yeah outside of that window i don't know if i could have pulled it off Mr. Vargas, he switched to Sanka. That's another thing that doesn't necessarily translate. I don't really think Sanka exists anymore. Maybe it does. I don't know. It's it, it's like basically a coffee substitute that doesn't have caffeine. Okay. It's a joke that makes sense in 1982,
4: I y- guess. Yeah, it certainly wasn't resonating it's sma- with it's me. It's
3: supposed to be lame, though, even in the moment. I mean, so I it's got like a, it, but... It's like a double-layer yeah, yeah. joke where it's like... It doesn't make sense anymore anyway, but then also... Even in 1982, it's supposed to be like, oh, he's a teacher trying to make like a funny moment. And yeah. the kids are just rolling their eyes or whatever. So Rat is in love now after he meets Stacy in this class, although they don't really meet each other. Which also is weird because that'll play into some interaction later.
4: Yeah, I mean, I can certainly relate to that, though. Falling in
3: love without meeting each other. So Damone is giving him advice, telling him to go for it. He's kind of got that quantity over quality approach. Just throwing out the vibe to everybody, hoping somebody will go for it. I just think it's really funny, though, when he references Mark having been in love with the girl who worked at a photo hut. And Mark buying $40 of film without ever talking to her. And he's like, you don't even own a fucking camera? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Oh, yeah. That's something that is very relatable. <laughs> I bought a
4: lot of soap. I remember Luba some soap. of those stories, actually. <laughs> There's been some wild purchases made. (laughs) Well, that was different. I wasn't going there
3: for anybody specific, but then I got kind of roped into stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Let's not bring it up.
4: Give us a second episode.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So Stacey has her big night out with Ron Johnson. This whole sequence is insane. I would say so, yeah. Because, okay. Stacy's mom tucks her into bed, which is a little weird. She's f- supposed to be 15. That's kind of yep. strange. I-, I think so. But whatever. She really has all of her like clothes on underneath the blankets. She sneaks out her window.
4: This is kind of like a Zach Morris type scheme, you know?
3: She waits at a corner to be picked <laughs> up. Okay, yeah. So if you're a 26-year-old guy and this girl tells you that she's 19, you meet her at the mall, you're like, it's a little young, but, you know, whatever. Sure. She's cute, so we're going to go out. And then you're like, we'll all give right, a shot. let's make a date. Where do you live? And she's like, I want you to pick me up in the corner of the street. Now, if you were even a little bit worried about her age, wouldn't this be like a huge red flag? Does Ron Johnson strike you as being worried? Well, no, that's the thing. I think he's into the fact that she's young. I don't know. There's no payoff for that. It's not like we ever know anything about him beyond this interaction. Yeah, true. I just think there's a lot of clues there that he's just blatantly not
4: caring about. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like he's not really concerned with... <laughs> he's not the really a great guy because... Moral or ethical implications of his actions.
3: His only idea for a date is to go to the point. Yeah. And when they get there, he already has a blanket it in is the car. pretty wild. They get into a baseball dugout. She says, that's a really nice jacket. The way she says it is funny. <laughs> Jennifer Jason Leigh is actually superb in this scene. Yeah. Really funny. She's good. She does this eye roll thing where you're not even sure if she's rolling her eyes at him or herself after she says something about the weather. She's got all these funny expressions on her face where she's just kind of like, all right, dude, just do it. Like, just do okay, it to right. me. You yeah. <laughs> know you know what we're doing because she's so desperate to become a woman and like lose her virginity just got the pressure from Linda.
4: I couldn't help but notice on the back of this dugout that someone just wrote Matt was here and I was thinking to myself like yeah, that makes sense and I understand like okay, this is not a great scene because we've got this young girl with this older dude, but I am just thinking like high school kids like going to make out in a dugout or whatever. It's like that was probably me that was just like, "Oh, I just wrote my name on the dugout." <laughs> that was my version of I it. I
3: definitely have had an interaction in a dugout. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. How about, about that? It. All right. I like Everything about it, he just jams his tongue down her throat. It's
4: yeah, it's just aggressive. Just so aggressive. Here's the thing. Like, he's so forward. It's like they sit down on the bench and he's immediately like, so am I going to get the first base? <laughs> which stinks, well, it, but...
3: He's not putting up any kind of a front. He no. brought a fucking blanket. Right, yes. And he's like, let's go to the point.
4: We all know where this is headed.
3: On the ceiling of the dugout, it says Disco Sucks and Surf Nazis, which is taken straight from the book, I guess. Okay. Wouldn't she be bleeding all over the goddamn blanket? Uh, this is
4: not a very romantic interaction. No.
3: And it's her first time, and yeah. it's clearly a little bit of pain, and she talks about the pain in the next scene with Linda. I think there would be, like, some blood or something. I just feel like this would
4: turn well, into I a think,
3: real scene.
4: Okay, you're probably right. Do we need to see it, though? No, no, I'm not saying we need to see it, but I'm
3: just saying, like, yeah. the reality of this moment. Right. What this moment is actually like. Not Yeah, it's right. Real it's real fucking dark. Especially with my theory that Ron is fully aware of how old she
4: is. yeah. (laughs) So it's like a real dark scene. I I think so. I mean, no matter how you cut it, it's not great.
3: Ron's O face is kind of funny.
4: He's just like throwing his head back. It's like so over the top. Overselling it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, and this is the first time we get a little JJL nudity. Pretty shocking when you think about it. I think so. I was always years removed from this movie coming out obviously and sure everyone who was in it was like the same age as my parents right by the time I saw this movie <laughs> yeah. so it never really felt that weird but now when you look back and you're like they were telling you that she's 15 and then in two scenes later her tits are out you're just like oh
4: okay yeah that <laughs> this is weird, weird. I again something say, that would never happen right now. and I want to say that even being younger when I saw it I felt like that was weird
3: Well, I guess I'm a creep because I didn't really think about it. No, I don't know. This time around, I never really thought about it. I bet. Yeah, I don't know that I did either. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to make
4: yourself sound better, and then you're
3: like, you know what?
4: (laughs) I gotta be honest. Right. Well, in defense of you, really, though, trying to show solidarity. (laughs) Creep solidarity. Right.
3: The next day or shortly thereafter, she gets flowers from Ron with a card that says Memories of You, which I just find hilarious. Yeah. Just a hilarious thing to write. <laughs> and it's in quotes, I think. It's like, Memories of You. Right. What does that mean? <laughs> I remember fucking you in a baseball dugout. Yeah. <laughs> but this scene illustrates that Brad is a pretty cool big brother because he just
4: takes the flowers and he's oh, just yeah. like, yeah, whatever, I'll I get mean, rid he. Of these. I, he Brad, continuously a good older brother to her. This is not the last moment. No, no,
3: this is just an appetizer for the main course of Brad being a cool guy. (laughs) He's just dancing around washing his car. He seems like a good dude.
4: I think so, yeah. Not cool, though.
3: No. Oh, my. No, 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 no. Brad tells Arnold he wants to break up with Lisa, single successful guy.
4: Single successful, Yeah.
3: This is where we learn that he gave those flowers that Ron gave to Stacy. When Brad takes them, he then gives them to Lisa, so the recycled flowers. Wow. This exchange between Brad and Lisa at the All American Burger is pretty hilarious. Where he's like, Do you want to go to the point? And she's like, What's there to do with the point? Oh yeah. He's like, What do you mean what's there to do? We've been going together (laughs) for two years. She's like, I don't want to use sex
4: as a tool. A tool for what? (laughs) Pretty great conversation. I think so, yeah. It is like a little bit of a glimpse into like maybe why Brad is thinking about a breakup. Yeah. I mean, at a certain point, it's like, look, we've invested a lot of time in this, Lisa.
3: I love that Mr. Han reads those grades out loud. I, I find that hilarious too. Yeah. Which well, is like, F. That I F, mean, F.
4: Right. That was F. another <laughs> moment where I was just like, wow, I don't want to go to high school. Like I had <laughs> never gotten like a grade below like a B and I was like- Oh my gosh, people just hand out Fs in high school because I would take like everything that I saw in a movie was real to me, you know. <laughs> everything was a documentary, right. <laughs> including Star Wars. Yeah, and really it still is to me. Yeah. I mean, when people ask me about like history and stuff, I'm like, I don't know anything about history unless they made a movie about it. And whatever happened in the movie is how it really went down. Yeah, that's okay. Fair. Thank you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Yes, exactly. The ongoing Head-to-head battle between Mr. Hand and Spicoli escalates. Spicoli just doesn't show up to class. Right. And then they have that one kid go get him. And he's, like, confused that there's not a birthday party going on for him. (laughs) Just not even barely wearing a shirt. He's got, like, a bagel tucked into his pants. Oh, that is something. And his shoes, he's just holding his shoes. He's
4: (laughs) actually... Him and his friends are frequently shirtless in the movie.
3: Yeah. Well, they're supposed to be like surfer dudes.
4: Yeah, I know, but it's still like, I guess, normal behavior to just keep taking your shirt off?
3: No, but they're
4: characters. I get it.
3: <laughs> Christmas time in Ridgemont. Ron hasn't called Stacy since November. Uh-oh. They're working at the Perry's Pizza. Linda and Stacy commiserating. Meanwhile, Mark is ready up. to make his move. Yeah. Finally, that's what I like about this movie in a way because you would think in a normal movie that they would keep to a very normal timeline of events, very linear, very quick, everything's contained. But in reality, when you're this age and you are intimidated by girls and you don't want to ask oh, yeah. them out, but you've got them trapped. <laughs> They're trapped right? because you've got that whole year.
4: i got to work my
3: way up to yeah, this. I've got time. Yeah, I mean, once you're out of high school or whatever.
4: Such short windows to work with. Yeah, you don't Hard know. Hard to play a long Everything's game. Everything's
3: much more up in the air, but right. you can definitely bide your time. That's it. And so. they're supposed yeah. to be like freshmen, so. So whatever it is, Mark's ready to take it there now. So he's getting talked up by Damone. He's like, if she doesn't smell your qualifications, which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> when he goes and approaches her, he's like, I have a couple of questions. <laughs> <laughs> His, this whole interaction is just unbelievably I mean, great. Nuts.
4: I mean, there's so many parts of this movie, and we'll certainly get to one in particular where I feel like Rat, just such a relatable character for me. This, however, not one of those moments. I would never have done this.
3: I have done some things like this. I couldn't imagine doing it now, but... Well,
4: sure, but like in, even in high school, I just... I don't think I would... Yeah, I don't know if I would have done it in high no school. There's no
3: scenario where i just would have like but the way that he does it's yeah. very reminiscent of things that i've done where okay. he's just like dancing around it at first yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like what do you do with the jackets that people leave here and she's like oh we keep them so that you can come and get them and she pulls out this box he looks at the box the box is not that big it does not have that many things in it <laughs> and know, he goes you know, know what that. i don't want to look through all those things <laughs> i'll just
4: get a new one there's like four jackets in there. unbelievable yeah
3: And then he's like, I was also wondering if I could have your phone number so I could ask you out sometime. And she just goes, oh, do you have a pen? Right. It's like the most casual acceptance of this. Yeah. Because I think that's why they included that little scene with her and Linda where she's, like, sad that Ron isn't calling her and she feels, like, rejected. And so it turns out that it's, like, a fortuitous moment for Mark to make this move because she's very, like, open
4: to trying to get something else going Right. right away. But it is just like crazy to me. I mean, there was never a time in my life where I I would just like walk up to a girl and ask her on a date. You know what I mean? That just seems like such a crazy thing to do.
3: I would agree with.
4: Yeah. I, I mean, I obviously it, it. Especially, it like,
3: one that you don't really, like, okay. know at all. I get that it happens. I
4: just couldn't I imagine it, it ever... It has happened in the history of the world. Right. I just couldn't ever imagine a scenario like this playing out in my life.
3: Well, I think it's funny that he's just, like, nice to meet you, and they're, like, acting like they just met each other, even though they've been in class <laughs> just together like, well, for well, months. like, aren't you in
4: my, whatever, sociology <laughs> class or something? Biology. Yeah, biology.
3: Lisa, I have
2: something to tell you. Look... I'm a senior now. I'm a single successful guy. And I've got to be fair to myself, Lisa. I think I need my freedom. Oh, don't do that. Please, please don't do that. Can you cover me and register to him? Okay.
1: May I help you? Uh, yes, this is not the best breakfast I ever ate, and I'd like my money back.
2: Uh, OK, uh, I believe you have to fill out a form for that.
1: Uh, no, I'd like my money back
2: now. I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. You see, I have to fill out a form, and, well, you ate most of it already, so.
1: See that sign? It says 100% guaranteed. You know what the meaning of guarantee is? Did they teach you that here? Sir, if you just wait a minute. Look, just put your little hand back in the cash register and give me my $2.75 back, please, Brad.
2: Sir, if you just give me a minute, I'll find the
1: forms. I'll take care of everything. I don't have a minute. You've made me late enough. I am so tired of dealing with incompetence. It says 100% guaranteed, you moron. Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass. Uh, is a problem here? Can I help you, sir? You bet you have a problem. Your employee here used profanity and threatened me with violence. I'm surprised. I eat here all the time and usually have good service until today. All I wanted was my money back on this breakfast. It was a little undercooked. And he threatens me with violence. Now, I'm going to call your supervisor. Uh, I can take care of it.
5: Mr. Hamilton, did you threaten this customer or use profanity in any way? Uh,
2: why? He insulted me first. He called me a moron, Dennis. Answer me.
5: Did you threaten this customer or use profanity in any way? Yes. You're fired. I'm very sorry, sir. I'll refund your money right now.
4: Hope you won't hold this against us. You know how these young kids are in these days. Here we are. Perhaps another breakfast.
1: I hope you had a hell of a piss, Arnold.
3: Brad standing in front of the mirror with Big Hairy Pussy written on it. He's practicing his breakup with... Lisa, and then Arnold comes in and asks him to cover on the register. This sets off this whole bizarre thing where this customer wants a refund. Yeah. This really kicks off a rough stretch. I would say so. Really unfortunate, too, because like we said, I think Brad is a good guy. And
4: really, yeah, it just feels like an undeserving character of all this. Like,
3: okay, he deserves to have Lisa break up with him. That's fine. But everything else, it seems like kicking him (laughs) when he's down. I think so. Okay, so... This guy wants his refund for this breakfast. It's a hundred percent guaranteed. Brad is like stumbling around trying to find something for him to fill out. The guy f- freaks out. Brad's like, "I'll kick a hundred percent of your ass if you don't <laughs> shut up or whatever." I like Dennis the manager. He just looks like such a dude. Manager of a grocery, yeah, manager of a but like a California yeah, one because he's right. got like the bleach blonde hair. Oh boy, and the yeah, blonde mustache. It's a rough scene. Brad gets fired from this job that he held in such high regard <laughs> for some reason. Should we talk about the surfing dream sequence?
4: Uh, I'm not that. I like that in they.
3: It. You can tell. You can see at the bottom of the screen. Maybe it's just because it's like widescreen version now or whatever. But they dug the sand down a little bit so that Sean Penn would be like way shorter than those girls. Okay. So that right. it looked like his head was at like their breast level. Yes. That was intentional, according to the commentary. Okay. He does say those guys are fags. So we have another. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> questionable Something line of that dialogue. Play well now. And then when he wakes up, I enjoy the fact that there's Playboy centerfolds all over Spicoli's walls. I feel like I some... like
4: that, too, and I really like it when Mr. Hand shows up to his and just, room.
3: Yeah, just looking at them. Yeah, Kind of a ballsy move to do in high school. I don't really think my parents would have been thrilled with that.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I think I did have a Playboy calendar one year.
3: With room, nude?
4: In high school. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. That's right. I went for it. <laughs> you were a pretty cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be in my room by myself.
3: <laughs> just jacking it to a calendar. Yeah. The next scene is two cheerleaders giving a real sad pep talk, getting the school ready for this big game against Lincoln. The blonde girl does most of the talking, this. and it's I, pretty funny. Yeah,
4: this blonde girl, this was a scene that just this last time watching it for me, I don't think I ever really paid much attention to it, but I think it's like so funny when she like yells at the people in the audience. <laughs> like, you know, it takes a lot of guts to yeah. stand up here and do something you know you're going to get
3: made fun of. Right. <laughs> Kind of like us doing this show. <laughs> the dark haired girl on the left that doesn't really talk, that's uh, Pamela Springsteen, Bruce's younger sister. Okay. Who would go on to star in Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3. How about
4: that? But Big she also star.
3: dated Sean Penn a little bit okay. on the set, I guess. I think
4: that's pretty cool. Yeah. But this is where we have Brad and Lisa kind of talking. Right. And, and Brad's kind of backed out on his whole thing. He's plan reeling now. now. Right, yeah. He's reeling. And, uh, you know, he's talking about how much he needs her. Yes. And this is. This was kind of hard for me to watch,
3: you know? This was actually hilarious for me to watch because this reminds <laughs> me of someone from my real life so much. This whole scenario right. of talking about breaking up with this girl, and then she breaks up with him, and then
4: it, you know, ruins his life for the next five this years. This is how or it is, though. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the dude always thinks that, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a bachelor. It's going to be great. I'm going to have all these opportunities. And then it's like, you break up, and the girl has like another boyfriend like immediately, yeah. and you're just like, can't find anything. All of a sudden, like, no girls want to talk to you.
3: So now, Brad has lost his job and lost his woman in a matter of a couple of scenes. Yeah. So things really spiraling for the guy that we thought was our hero in the school. Yeah, Rat's got a big date coming up with Stacy, so Damone gives him a five-point plan, five pieces of advice. This takes place, I guess, at a record store because he's using a cardboard cutout of Debbie Harry to use as an example.
4: Again, we're just getting more great atmospheric shots of the mall. Right. The mall is always like the centerpiece
3: location. It's the hub of activity. It moves the story forward, gets the characters together. What you need is my
0: special five-point plan.
1: Come on, Damone. I need real help here. What do you mean?
0: Hey, men have died trying to obtain this valuable information, you know. But I'll give it to you for free. Okay, okay, what's your
6: five-point plan?
0: All right. Now pay attention. First of all, Rat, you never let on how much you like a girl. Oh, Dabby. Hi. <laughs> right. Two, you always call the shots. Kiss me. You won't regret it. Now, three, act like wherever you are, that's the place to be. Isn't this great? Four, when ordering food, you find out what she wants, then order for the both of you. It's a classy move. Now, the lady will have the linguine and white clam sauce and a Coke with no ice. And five, now this is most important, Rat. comes down to making out. Whenever possible. Put on side one
3: of Led Zeppelin Four. I think typically you would look at this and be like Damone is just an asshole, he doesn't know what he's talking about, his advice stinks. His advice is actually not that bad, some of it.
4: I think. Some yeah. of it's a
3: little A questionable. little over the top, maybe. It may not be the most PC friendly advice, but I think some of it still holds <laughs> true.
4: Some Unfortunately. relevant still. To Number stain, one,
3: maybe. You never let on how much you like a girl. True. Number two, you always call the shots. That one's a little <laughs> that's questionable. And difficult, I think. <laughs> Especially for you. Yeah. Number three. Act <laughs> act like wherever you are, that's the place to be.
4: How many dates would I blow just because they were like pick a restaurant? Oh yeah. I'd be like, well I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah,
3: I know. I don't agree with number two because I don't I, I don't really like to Yeah, come on. If I was calling the shots it'd be like, all right, well we're watching another Blu-ray. <laughs>
4: shut up <laughs> but three is decent advice okay I mean, that's say it again i was still stuck on t- like
3: wherever you are that's the place to be
4: oh yeah right and i think i brought that up earlier that he says that yeah
3: number four when ordering food find out what she wants and order for the both of you i don't really think that applies anymore that would just seem weird i don't know it's if you're use- at, like, a super fancy place, okay, yeah, like, super, super fancy right. and expensive, then maybe. Usually especially when- if it's foreign, you get to, like, yeah. show off you can do foreign but it's foods it's like something. Usually when I
4: go to places like that, I don't even know what the hell any of the food is.
3: She'll have a Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Number five. <laughs> and this is most important, according to Damone, when making out whenever possible, put on side one of Led Zeppelin 4. I do like this. And then they cut to the date.
4: I, lo- I just love a specific pop culture reference. You and know?
3: Kashmir is playing, which is not on Led Zeppelin 4, but it is a Led Zeppelin song. Okay. Cameron Crowe on the commentary th- was making a joke about how so many Led Zeppelin fans have come up to him over the years and think they're the <laughs> first person to point out that Kashmir is not on Led Zeppelin 4. Now, Led Zeppelin was not licensing their music to anybody at this time, and they continued to not do that for a long oh, time. Oh, yeah. The only reason that they were able to get anything from Led Zeppelin was because Cameron Crowe had worked for Rolling Stone and knew everyone and had been such an unabashed Led Zeppelin fan in print. And so they were willing to let him use the song. However, there was some sort of tie up with the rights with Led Zeppelin 4 specifically. okay, And so they actually could not get a song from Led Zeppelin 4. However, they thought it would be funny and more appropriate to the character that Mark is putting on led zeppelin but he can't he's not doing it 100% right, right he can't yeah. follow the instructions okay, he's blowing it a little that. bit yeah so they get to the restaurant and heckerling definitely set this up to make them seem like very childlike and small yes they had those huge seats and she took the cushions off the seats so they are like barely above the table right. they seem so small they got the biggest menus in the world to use for this restaurant so they just seem like these tiny children out on a date The restaurant that they pick. Insane. What? what? (laughs) (laughs) Some German restaurant? (laughs) Like, could you imagine? No, I can't. Is there any place worse to go on a date than this? (laughs) It is awkward. The whole scene there is very weird. Ratner forgot his wallet, so he's got to call Damone to have Damone go over to his house and get his wallet and bring it. Which
4: is much better than where I always feel like the scene is going, which is that he's just going to leave. Right you know
3: <laughs> yeah you do like, have that panic of right? like god if this ever happened to me yeah cause
4: I'm like what would i do i know i'm like how am i gonna well if get you were demone
3: what would you do because all right demone well, is you certainly would do an you asshole <laughs> i feel like if i was their age i would 100 percent do this if this was me now there's like a zero percent right, chance. yeah I'm, i'd be like i don't just click yeah. <laughs> blocked the number from my phone and just like well they're not my friend anymore. I mean it was like, the scene is
4: like pretty great when he gets a hold of Damone and Damone's just like sitting in his room doing nothing and it's like looks to the side <laughs> he's and is like, eating cereal and watching like a cartoon yeah, or something. He's like I don't know man I'm pretty busy
3: tonight. <laughs> I get it though like all right we know that Damone's an asshole and he does terrible things coming up in this movie but I mean, come on, dude. That's thing, brutal it's... to be like, you got to go over to my house, oh, I know. get my well, wallet, and bring it to this place. And you're
4: thinking, like, these people live in, like, the suburbs of Los Angeles? That's probably, like, a lot of ground to cover. Could be. I'm not thinking it's that I think easy. it's supposed to be,
3: like, the valley. I'm not really sure okay. yeah,
4: I just... exactly
3: where this is supposed to be.
4: I just think about, like, where we live, and it's like, if I'm at, like, a restaurant downtown, and I'm calling you to go get something from my apartment, and then go... I mean, you're talking, like, hours. <laughs> I know, yeah. Uh,
3: yeah, it's a huge commitment. Right. But like I said, I think if I was in high school and it was like a good friend and yeah, I knew that sure. this was like a big date, I and probably you know, would do it. And if then. you're like
4: a Damone, you're, you're invested in Rat here. You've been like schooling him and you want it to go well. However, Damone
3: shows up and brings a wallet and he presents himself. This is the first time that Stacy meets him and he's basically the anti-Rat. Right. Which doesn't mean anything in this moment but I think Stacy files that away yeah mentally especially with what happens back at her place because even though the date doesn't seem to have gone super great right, yeah she invites him inside for a drink and here we go and Stacy is just like she's going 100 miles an hour I mean she's getting right down to business She's like,
4: "Hey, can you help me out of well, this stress?" She th- I mean, she's putting a robe on. She thinks this is how a date yeah. goes now.
3: Right. She's been talked up by Linda and then she went out with some guy who was just like taking her to a place to fuck. So, <laughs> so the fact nuts. that she even got like a meal out of this is like a shock. Right. I <laughs> she's mean, she's like, "Is this what people do?" Not to
4: mention they were at that restaurant for like way too long.
3: Yeah. Her parents are out of town, I guess, and Brad is out with his friends. Yeah. So parents
4: she- out of town a lot, by the way. It yeah. seems like. Or just not around. Right.
3: She lays it on real thick. They're basically sitting on her bed and she's wearing a robe and presumably like I guess I mean, like, before that underwear she, under it. She I has don't really her know. Un,
4: she has him unzip her dress.
3: Yeah. She's like leaning over him to like get her yearbook. She's like trying very hard to like get make going. a move. They even start kissing and then Mark is just like he's not ready he's yet. He's like,
4: Whoa, whoa, whoa.
3: <laughs> I mean, We've I get it talked about it before oh, with yeah. things. I mean, sometimes you're just not ready. You know, right. I would think. I guess since he's driving, he's supposed to be like 16.
4: I mean, there was definitely times for like a younger me where a very sexually forward girl would freak me out, braggart. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I would even say to this day it freaks me out. <laughs> yeah,
3: even when they kiss, it's super awkward, and then he makes an excuse about his sister's car, and he's got to leave. And it goes to another scene of her commiserating with Linda, and they're putting like the makeup on or whatever that is on their faces. And her quote is Mark Ratner has no interest in me, which is so brutal. <laughs> yeah. Because you know how much he is just infatuated with her. Right. And it's very pure. But she is so one track minded. Yeah, about Linda sex has really conditioned
4: her to think a certain way. <laughs> it's very
3: sad in right. a way. It is. And Linda's even like, well, I think you'd have to make the first move with a guy like Mark Ratner. And she's like, I did. I made the first, second, third move. Which is true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Right. Spicoli, it's kind of an odd little subplot here, but he's hanging out with Charles Jefferson's brother. Yes. They wreck his car. Charles Jefferson, played by Forrest Whitaker. I mean, Who we haven't huge. really talked about. But well, he hasn't really been in it that yeah. much. He's in one scene before right. this, I think. I mean, he does ask Damone for Earth, and Fire Tickets. throughout it. He's, like, this huge guy who's, like, the big football player. Spicoli This whole thing with his the little car brother. makes, like,
4: no sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't. How did he get to it's school so that day? It's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know.
3: Spicoli's, like, saying funny things like people on Ludes should not drive while he's, like, driving in between <laughs> lanes. <laughs> like,
4: crashing into them.
3: So then he eventually just, like, crashes into, like, a construction site, and <laughs> he's like, I can fix it. Right. So this leads into the whole kill Lincoln thing, which is this team that they're gonna play in football. They have these buttons that say assassinate Lincoln, which is pretty cool.
4: Okay. Yeah.
3: And so Spicoli's whole thing is that he just brings this car, which is all wrecked, he spray paints it with like anti Ridgemont, pro Lincoln stuff, act like it this was is Lincoln people. So
4: insane to me. They parks it out in front of a school. This is supposed to be like a really nice car. Right charles jefferson is that his name yeah is not getting the authorities on the case here or anything right and how did I he mean, so this at is that like point he's out of town property or something damage, you know
3: well okay so when they're using the car he's like out of town or something or he's away i think the brother says something like that okay so then they wrecked the car so their idea then is to make it look like this was done by lincoln however they're revealing it to him at school right when we already saw at the beginning of the movie he drives to school yes so how did he get to school that day where did he think his car was right in the meantime, and the and whole like,
4: what and the whole resolution to like a car a nice ass car being destroyed is that like i'm gonna tackle you in our football game
3: yeah it's not and great. that's like the end of it yeah i do like spicoli's coat i think at so. the game though yeah me too so yeah, we have a football montage of Forrest Whitaker killing people. Right. So Brad's fall from grace continues as we see he has a job now working at Captain Hook's fish and chips. He has I'm to wear a pirates like, outfit.
4: Is this really worse than a fast food restaurant?
3: We used to wear that outfit. I know, but I and guess it gets I think kinda- the idea is also he's at the he's back down at like the bottom rung of a place Yes, yeah, whereas that's true. he had like worked his way up a little bit at he the was other the place. He's the kitchen guy. Yeah. Yeah. Stacy and Linda though are just chilling in bikinis when Rat and Damone show up unexpectedly at Stacy's house. They have a pool.
4: Kind of a crazy move.
3: Yeah, they just start swimming. I
4: do like Linda in this scene. Linda
3: not thrilled. Yeah, that this is happening. And
4: I love though. I, I mean, to me, this is her acting is perfect in this. I mean, like you know this girl. <laughs> yeah. Right? Oh yeah. And you've been these dudes a couple times showing up in the. <laughs> Yeah, there's
3: always like the one girl that's like kind of rolling with it, and then the other one's like, no.
4: (laughs) (laughs) These guys need to go.
3: (laughs) Like, Mark Ratner might be okay for your lame ass, but I'm definitely not hanging out with him or this Damone guy. Yeah, yeah. Brad comes home in his humiliating pirate outfit. He says, hi, Linda. She says, hi, Brad. My favorite part, though, is that he says, could you guys keep it down? I have some work to do inside. Yeah. Just fucking brutal because of what happens (laughs) next just so embarrassing he thinks he's like an adult he's dressed in this terrible outfit it's more embarrassing once you realize that linda is his age which i never picked up on really i never really thought about i always thought like well she's friends with stacy so she's like younger than him yeah this is pretty rough because I, my sister definitely had, like, hot friends in bikinis at the house at various points. Okay, yeah. But they were her age. Right. They were like, you know, whatever. Yeah. They weren't people from my grade. That would have been humiliating. <laughs> I'm coming home in a pirate's outfit. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck?
4: <laughs> like, he looks like such a loser, and you never right. really think about it. But Linda does seem to have, like, a soft spot for him. Yeah.
3: That's why it's so weird. Like, their whole dynamic is strange. Right. So this goes into the whole jack-off fantasy. (laughs) Oh, no. Moving in stereo by the cars starts. It's the most famous nude scene ever. It was voted number one by Mr. Skin for many years. Yeah. I think it's been replaced by Daddario in True Detective.
4: Which is probably
3: more deserving. It's certainly wilder. Right. I was trying to figure out why this scene resonated so much. Is it much. just
4: because Phoebe Cates was like so pretty at the time?
3: That's obviously a huge part of it, right. but she was not anybody when this movie came out. Okay, so yeah. So I'm thinking because of VHS culture and people renting this movie and it becoming a cult classic years down the road after she was in like Gremlins and shit, okay. that this became bigger and bigger as it went on. Right in addition to being great in the moment, I'm, because I'm like, all right, well, Daddario was in, like, the Percy Jackson thing. Yes. She wasn't, like, a complete unknown. True. And so it's like people were genuinely shocked who knew who she was. They were like, holy shit. Whoa. Like, I always dreamed, I but I never thought. Coming. Yeah,
4: who would have thought?
3: <laughs> yeah, whereas Phoebe Cates was just a hot chick in a movie. Right. She could have been anybody. It was She wasn't Phoebe Cates. She was just...
4: Whoever. i don't know it has always been kind of weird to me that this nude scene is that famous because it's not like that crazy to me it's kind of just like a standard topless scene it's tasteful yeah <laughs> i mean she well beautiful. let's let's be real i mean yeah. her
3: breasts are perfect looking I okay mean, there's no that's true denying that right
4: <laughs>
3: i mean we would just be
4: liars if well, we yeah, said otherwise and, and, as we know from the princess bride episode there's a lack of perfect breasts in this world yes it
3: became such a thing i mean it's such a joke now and obviously we don't live with vhs tapes anymore you know heckerling was talking about it on the commentary but you didn't even need to hear it from her it was just a thing that right the vhs rental tapes would all be like messed up and fuzzy it during that scene because people would be constantly like rewinding it and pausing like doing it. like slow motion because back in the day this is all people had to oh, masturbate to right They would rent these movies. There'd be a nude scene. They would pause it or rewind it over and over. Yep. And pleasure themselves. Quite a life. Now it's like you just have constant stream of filth on your phone if you want it. True. But it was a different time.
4: It was. A better time.
3: I'm not going to reveal what our next movie is, but I'm going to say that same thing happened in the next movie we're doing on this podcast. All right. Pretty famous scene. Okay. (laughs) Where VHS tapes were fucked up. So that's
4: another great tease for you.
3: This is all a fantasy. She pops out of the pool, pops the top. She's got like a clasp in the middle of her bikini. Right. It's done in slow motion. The music's playing. She's making out with Brad. Of course, Brad is in the bathroom, just beating off to this. Yes, it's not real. As soon as it cuts back to real life and it shows her diving in the pool, like with her oh, bikini no. fully on, yeah. you know that something bad is about. Oh to happen. yeah, just the jarring feel of that, where you're like. In the middle of this fantasy, and then all of a sudden you're cut back to reality, and she's diving into the Very pool. Very sobering. Yeah, She pops out of that pool, and she's like, I got water in my ear. Do you have Uh-oh. any Q-tips? And you're just like, oh, no. <laughs>
4: <laughs> stop, stop.
3: <laughs> Thankfully, nothing like this ever happened to me. This is something that you could almost never come back from.
4: Oh, I know. This is this so is brutal. Rough. Especially was- if Linda starts talking at school, you know? Well,
3: We'll get to that later. Okay. I want to bring that up because that's what I meant when I said Linda seems pretty cool.
4: Yeah. Okay. The look on her
3: face, though, (laughs) Yeah. it's so fucking funny. It's so disgusted and horrified. Like, what the fuck? Right. I guess, like, Judge Reinhold, like, had a huge dildo. That you don't actually see that he was like uh, that she didn't know was gonna be oh, okay happening. to try to which i'm sure you like reaction. couldn't even do now right well because it would be like too
4: i don't know i still feel like they do kind of weird things when filming movies now yeah just a
3: really really brutal stretch for our man brad though yeah this just is getting tough. caught jacking off
4: i mean it's one thing if it's just like okay your sister's hot friend that sucks but it's like i mean if he has like a crush on linda and well like, yeah i mean that's never really you know who wouldn't though right I think we know you just can't come back from it in my head, though.
3: The scene is always worse because for whatever reason, I always just had it in my head that somehow she knows that he was like th- thinking about her, which I guess is impossible.
4: Yeah. Although if you were her, I'd be like, why yeah, wouldn't but they I don't necessarily about me? think
3: girls think that. way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, maybe she—if she's that like conceited—maybe it would cross her mind. But well, like, I, don't I just don't that, know like, if people put that together. Like, I
4: don't know that she'd be thinking that like the dude that she just saw twenty seconds ago would be jerking off in the bathroom, which just shows like how like clueless girls are. <laughs> yeah, we're always twenty seconds away from jacking off in a bathroom. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, at that age, right? I mean, come on. <laughs>
4: It's just like the Wild West, you know, when you're that old.
3: Sometime soon after that, Damone helps Stacy open her locker, which is stuck, and things start really going downhill. Next thing you know, she's writing out good qualities versus bad qualities of Damone in her notebook during Mr. Hand's class. Yeah. As well as writing Mrs. Stacy Damone and drawing wow. them together.
4: Yeah, she's got a bad for Mike Damone here. He's in her head.
3: Yeah, and our hearts ache for poor mark ratner at this point because we see where this is headed oh yeah spicoli orders a pizza in class and mr hand then proceeds to give it away to the other students instead of spicoli getting it. which i will
4: say i would love to be in this class at this point
3: the pizza guy is a guy named taylor negron who is a character actor he was in like a million things passed i don't recognize that name
4: i don't really he didn't pop for me when he showed up i mean when i say character actor sorry
3: i do know him yeah i mean his parts are very small i mean it's funny, because I was looking at his IMDb, and he was in an episode of Seinfeld as a hairdresser yeah. in, like, 1993. And then the next year, he was in the Stone Age as, like, the <laughs> That's right. guy at the liquor store. And I was like, I'm trying to remember it's so I weird to think that Seinfeld started, like, years before the Stone Age even came True. out.
4: Yeah, <laughs> People are like, what's the Stone Age? I definitely Age? have, like, a specific role that I know this guy from, but I can't think of what it is.
3: Yeah, if you looked at his IMDb, it'd probably show up. Right. But I, like I said, he he was in a million things. Sure. Uh, Yeah, he died a couple of years ago. That's a shame. Stacy with feathers in her hair, for some reason, just an absurd fashion choice here. <laughs> Almost borderline offensive appropriating. I would say so, I think. <laughs> Cultural <Yeah>. appropriation <laughs> <Right>. going on. <laughs> just what is she doing? She comes on to Damone as they walk out of school. They end up walking to her house he's like well you know mark ratner really likes you and she's like well mark's really nice but i think i like you whoa and he's just like oh shit uh-oh but he walks to her house and then he asks if she has any iced tea so then they go in the house they're drinking the iced tea and he keeps like leading <laughs> it's so cringy but it works sadly because <laughs> he goes oh it must be really great having a pool and she's like oh do you want to go swimming <laughs> like he's just throwing shit out there all it's the pieces working yep I will say I don't really understand her bathing suit because this is the second time she's wearing this. It's a bikini bottom.
4: Right, but the top looks The like top it. is like a sweater. Right, yes.
3: But a sleeveless sweater or something. Yeah, it's odd. At first I thought she was just wearing that casually the first time and you can like let it pass. But then she puts that on specifically again, so it's like, is that the bathing suit? I don't know I what guess so. that is. I
4: don't know. Hard to explain.
3: So they go into this pool house that they have. This is the full frontal scene that I've referenced a few times. Now, we don't get it. We don't see Damone's dick, thankfully. <laughs> that, I don't know. Sure I can stand to take a look. <laughs> it's really super awkward, and JJL gets super nude. Again, very shocking. Yeah. Premature ejaculation. I mean, this, we're talking like... Seconds. Two-pump chump. Right. Fucking run, because he's immediately out the door.
4: so it's hard to horrible come back from that one too you're just sitting there in your shame (laughs) you know (laughs) who's yeah but i mean whose shame is deeper at this point i i I don't know i still think demones i mean there's just (laughs) no way
3: (laughs) yeah i mean i think it's probably fairly reasonable though for being in high school i don't think think so
4: yeah too crazy oh well sure yeah But it's still But yeah, I mean it's humiliating. Right. I mean
3: everything about this is so crazy. Especially it's not even like they've had this relationship that they've like built up to this moment of finally having sex together. It's like they barely know each other. Yes. Immediately afterward Linda filling her head with all kinds of stories about how long her lovers take to come and how big their dicks are or right. whatever. I mean just crazy shit <laughs> and Stacy's basically lying. It's to... like
4: shut up Linda.
3: <laughs> I know. See that's what I always mean about like it, Linda's Stories seem like bullshit.
4: I think so too, yeah. Like, who are these dudes trying to impress? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like fucking Linda for right. 40 minutes yeah. or whatever. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, I'd have a heart attack.
3: <laughs> 40 minutes? Right. What is this? Like, a fucking clip on porno? Like, like,
4: covered in sweat. Like, not very romantic at that point. <laughs> everything's just raw and painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, 40 minutes is a lot longer than. People think it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> You know what? Ten minutes is a lot longer than <laughs> it is. Like... It's just like at a certain point, it's just like, aren't you just ready for it to be over?
3: <laughs> Stacy is lying, though, to cover up for Damone's shortcomings. Because I think... Because she's a trooper. Well, I think she's just embarrassed about everything. Yeah. She doesn't know what the fuck is going on.
4: Right. <laughs> she's in so far over her head. She's just not ready to play on this level with these Linda conversations. I mean she's trying to get there.
3: Yeah. Damone blows Stacy off at school sad. <laughs> That's all you can really say. Seriously. Stacy had her mind made up. She was willing to basically forgive Damone for blowing a load so quickly and yet <laughs> nothing that does require forgiveness. <laughs> he, well she wasn't holding it against him. At True, least. okay. This is why sex ed is important, people. It's like yeah. These kids are going to have sex. It's going to happen. Right. And they just didn't even remotely consider a condom. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, he's just blowing a load right in
4: there. Yeah. Do you think she had sex with Ron Johnson more than just the one time? I mean, I certainly hope not. I think after that first experience, I still think Stacy fancies herself a lady. Yeah, well, she says, though, that the last time he called was in November. And I
3: feel okay. like that first scene was definitely way before November. All right.
4: You know what? I'm going to walk it back. I think they carried on a little bit of a relationship after this first time.
3: Brad's final humiliation occurs whenever he has to drive some food to deliver to IBM, and they this make is kind him of a do crazy it in the uniform. Though. Yeah, the way this plays out, I don't know if I'm buying this either. Where he just decides to quit. Yeah. And eat the food and then throw it out the window.
4: <laughs> well, I was more thinking like the reaction to him. What do you mean? The woman.
3: Oh, do you know who that is? No. Well, it's somebody important to this podcast because it's Nancy Wilson of Heart.
4: Oh, wow. How about that?
3: Who would go on to marry Cameron Crowe in yes.
4: 1986. Oh, nice. Well, they're divorced now. Yeah, But they were married for a long time. Yeah, I think until like 2008 or Which something. Which is pretty good.
3: Yeah. So Brad thinks he's making headway with some lady in a car and yeah. turns out he's wearing a pirate uniform. I guess he forgot. I mean, I don't know how you could forget yeah, that you're wearing that. Right. <laughs> and that just makes him quit. Yeah. But finally, after this last humiliation, things kind of turn around a little bit for Brad. This is like rock bottom at this point. Sure.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: He got broken up with by one girl. Another girl walked in on you jacking off.
4: Another one is like laughing at you. <laughs> They're all laughing <laughs> at, at you. True.
3: Turns out Stacy's pregnant. So way to go. Congratulations, Mike. idiots. Demone. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to get an abortion. She tells Damone about it. Doesn't really go great. He's like you you wanted it more than I did. Right. Pretty brutal.
4: Yeah. Perhaps he reacted poorly.
3: But in the end, he does promise to pay for half of it and give her a ride to the clinic. But ultimately,
4: but does not I think he's just ashamed because
3: he does they have a scene of him trying to get the money. Right. And he just can't get it and he doesn't have the money. Which I guess he needs like seventy five bucks. Which is hilarious because I mean, how much is an abortion now? I can't imagine it's one fifty. I feel like it'd be a lot I more.
4: <laughs> I don't know. Come on, Matt,
3: you're the abortion expert. Yeah, how much I, do they well, cost? you
4: know, there's certainly been some conversations in my life. You know, <laughs>
3: yeah, this whole sequence panic is over just your worst nightmare. I mean, Oof.
4: certainly the amount of panic that I had over like non-situations. Yeah, you know, oh, situations yeah. that never came to fruition, but I was already like. All right, we gotta look into Oh my (laughs) god. The amount of
3: times that pregnancy tests were bought. Seriously. Discreetly. Yeah.
4: Months of my life worrying. Turns
3: out you can't really rely on a high school girl to know anything about
4: Oh, for sure. Her cycle or
3: being late or being reliable with it. Because it turns out none of that really ends up mattering. You constantly think everyone's pregnant. Right. (laughs) <laughs> and they're usually not. I'm wearing like seven condoms. Oh, I know, yeah. Like, the girl is
4: on the pill. I was like so afraid. And, was and just yet like, somehow. That's the thing. Health class really did have an impact on me, you know? <laughs> I was just like, this is going to ruin my life. I mean, I think eventually the girls were probably offended over how much I did not want them to be pregnant. You know what I mean? They were just like, wow.
3: <laughs> he ends up not showing up to pick up Stacey to go get this abortion. She calls him... <laughs> And his mother answers, and his excuse for not coming to the phone is that he's helping his father in the garage. (laughs) Hilarious. Yeah. Brad unwittingly gives her a ride, but he looks in the rearview mirror and sees he dropped her off at the bowling place. She's running across the street. He turns around, and then he's there for her afterwards when she needs a ride home. Right. And I would say no questions asked, although he does ask. Yes. But- I mean, he pretty much lets it go without yeah. putting a fight. Yeah, I mean, it's fight. a pretty
4: cool move by Brad.
3: Big moment from it's, Brad here. He just is there for her, and that's it.
4: Yeah, and especially a, a time in his life where it seems like not much is going great for him. You would think <laughs> yeah. he'd be just kind of like a lot more angry and distraught.
3: Well, maybe he's like, well, turns out it's going even shittier for her. Yeah.
4: <laughs> He's just like,
3: imagine if, like, that scene in the comedy where she comes out and he just slaps her and calls her a slut. (laughs) Imagine (laughs) how how horrifying that would have been. Yeah. Instead, we're just like, yeah, Brad is a great guy.
4: Yeah.
3: (laughs) And you realize that all of the bad shit that's happened to him is unfortunate and undeserved, really. Yeah. Yeah. And in the next scene, I feel like Linda also becomes super cool because her reaction to hearing all of this is just to, like, lose her
4: mind. Oh, yeah.
1: I told you to tell Mike to pay for it. Why didn't you tell him? Linda, you didn't show up. That little prick. I called his house. And his mother told me that he was in the garage helping his father. Well, Mike DeMone's a no-brain little prick, Stacy. I'm not going to let him get away with this. Linda, please don't do anything.
5: I don't even like the guy. Stacy, he's not a guy. He's a little prick.
3: And she's pretty cool because I think if she She would have run around telling people about Brad, we would have known about it.
4: I think so, yeah. She
3: never says anything to anyone about Brad, and she comes up big for Stacy here. And they spray paint prick on his car like, and write little prick Mike on his Damone. locker. Yeah, And I guess they start spreading all kinds of rumors about him and everything kind of gets out because word eventually gets to Rat and they yeah. have it out in the locker room, although it never really goes anywhere. They I will say though, Mike DeMone
4: never recovered from this. <laughs> in his life. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of shitty that after that confrontation with Rat, he's like, oh, I don't know what happened. I woke up in a good mood today. It's like, well... This girl that you knocked up got an abortion over the weekend that you were supposed to help pay for and you didn't even show up. So maybe you shouldn't have woken up in a great mood. Right. (laughs) Sorry you couldn't get the money together.
4: You could have at least shown up. Sure. I I definitely think he's feeling a lot of shame over everything that happened. Making a move on his friend's girl, not having any money, blowing his load in two seconds. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's.
3: Who's to say which is the worst of those things? (laughs) Rat. Rat. Makes a big comeback, though, on this biology field trip, this insane field trip where Mr. Vargas takes his class to a hospital and they look at some babies, but then they're like, "Let's look at this corpse and yeah, dig it in, open."
4: Really the most insane field trip of any movie ever, and that's including, you know, the ones where like spiders bite people and they turn into superheroes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the doctor that they're with, Dr. Miller, is played by a guy named Martin Brest, who is a director. Oh yeah, I do recognize that name. He directed *Beverly Hills Cop*. Whoa! Also starring Judge Reinhold. Yeah. *Midnight Run*. *Scent of a Woman*. Wow. *Meet Joe Black*. And Geely. That is a crazy. And presumably was run out of Hollywood because he has not written or (laughs) directed anything since Geely. Yeah,
4: Geely ruined a lot of people's lives. Well, *Meet
3: Joe Black* not much better. Was also a huge bomb. Go listen to our *Mallrats* episode. You'll hear me fawn all over what's-her-face Claire Claire Forlani and it's meanwhile it all went wrong because of Meet Joe Black right it's funny because Meet Joe Black just recently went viral because of that crazy gif of Brad Pitt getting hit by two cars yeah and that just started popping up online again and people are losing their minds at how ridiculous it is yeah Spicoli just shows up on the field trip which is pretty funny (laughs) Spicoli is like so ridiculous and so over the top and yet I do feel like it's pretty real especially for california in okay. the 80s and <laughs> i like whenever mr vargas pulls the heart out and <laughs> this is he's insane. like gnarly and yeah. mr vargas just like yep right. he just kind of like nods <laughs> like yeah it is gnarly <laughs> imagine
4: being on a field trip like you're in high school and they the, your teacher pulls out a human heart i think this was intentionally Ridiculous. exaggerated yeah. because
3: i think the teacher that it was based on did do like crazy field trips but they weren't this crazy right and they made it super funny because they're like, "Well, where do the bodies come from?" And he's like, "Well, usually they're derelicts who sold their bodies for 30 dollars." And the guy's like, "No, actually 25."
4: <laughs> but obviously, this makes Jennifer Jason Lee physically sick here.: Yeah, post-abortion Stacy
3: has a rough time with the cadaver. right, and nice guy Mark saves the day. Mark is basically <laughs> the, the traditional... Saves the day by just like showing up. Yeah, just being nice to her and being like, hey, we can blend back in with the group. And she's like, you're so nice.
4: <laughs>
3: so the rest of the movie is basically a wrap-up of end of school year. They do some final exam stuff. They're getting ready for this big graduation dance.
4: Is this episode longer than the movie? Probably.
3: <laughs> Mr. Hand shows up at Spicoli's house to teach history to him in his bedroom since spicoli wasted his time yeah mister Hands,
4: got this is quite a vendetta (laughs) yeah
3: i mean there's not really anything to say other than it's weird and inappropriate yeah in the context of this movie it's funny yeah and spicoli they really don't even show spicoli proving very much of anything he says like one thing and then they're like yep and they shake hands (laughs) right like aloha you're like okay damon and mark make up at the dance Spicoli does enough to get rid of Mr. Hand. He shows up in his Volkswagen bus with his buddies, Stolzzi and Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Edwards. And Anthony Edwards, so much hair.
4: Wow, yeah. Where did it all go wrong for him? Yeah.
3: It wouldn't last that much longer. No. I, that's wild. Linda's older boyfriend from Chicago doesn't show up for her graduation, so she sends him a breakup letter, which she reads to...
4: Stacy. Yeah, how serious was this relationship? He doesn't show up for a graduation, and she sends him a breakup letter. Yeah, it was a different time. Yeah, he's like, I too am now in the framing business. (laughs) (laughs) Who
3: is graduating and who isn't?
4: I guess the only people that we're familiar with, I guess, are Linda and Brad. By this point of the movie, and Brad's ex-girlfriend. Yeah, but by this point of the movie, I'm kind of checked out on like what everyone's up to. You know,
3: I th- well, I think the only thing that was confusing is not is thinking that Linda's definitely not as old as Brad, but then being like, well, I guess they're both graduating. So, yeah.
4: okay. although I could see a scenario where Linda's like graduating early, <laughs> you know,
3: there's a little bit of a dance montage. Mr. Vargas is married to this insanely hot blonde woman. Wow, good for him. Played by Lana Clarkson. That's right. Who was murdered by Phil Spector in two thousand three? Oh no. So. So this really that's took a dark where turn. Her, that's where she's famous from. No. Famous. yeah. <laughs> well, Phil Spector, <laughs> yeah. obviously in prison now as a murderer. She's younger in this scene. Well, all, her whole life, oh, she was younger than Jennifer Jason Leigh. Oh, wow. Who plays a student. That is nuts. Who plays a freshman.
4: <laughs> yeah. Her whole life, she was younger than Jason Jennifer Jason Leigh. Yeah,
3: that's true back at the mall the summer starts stacy decides that she wants romance not sex which seems wow. fairly reasonable for a 16 year old girl to seems fair come up with yeah cue her waving mark over from the movie theater she gives him her picture and says that She wants him to call her. He seems, like, almost reluctant at first until he, like, looks at the picture, which is weird. He's like, okay, yeah, you are hot. (laughs) (laughs) And then she, like, jumps
4: up and kisses him. Yeah. And he's, like, back under that spell. Well, I'd be back to, like, I I don't know if I can handle this. It's wild. Yeah. I would be like, you're just, like, so much more mature than me. (laughs) That's some heavy shit.
3: The movie essentially ends with brad working at mighty mart which is like a knockoff 7-eleven i guess or something yeah Yeah,
4: i mean while i was watching this scene i I was thinking like first it was kind of reminding me of you know how like they have that like deleted ending to clerks or whatever where there's like a stick up right and then it's like even boogie nights and stuff it seems like there's a lot of scenes like this in movies
5: (laughs) you worked at all american burger
2: seven months ago
1: uh (laughs) i knew it
2: You get a job, Socoli. What for? You need money.
1: <laughs> All
5: I need are some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. Thanks. Can I use your bathroom? Yeah, go ahead. Right. It's the first door on the left. Wait, like up this
2: round? First door on the left.
5: Um... What are you doing? What are you doing? It's safe! Behind the donuts! I've been watching this place. I know what I'm doing. Open it up. Open it up! Okay. Come on, come on! I just started here. They, uh, just... They just taught me the procedure, and I, I... Let me figure it out. Oh, let me figure it out! Come on, shithead, let's go! Get off my case, motherfucker! Hey, no towels, man. I got you, you son of a bitch. you <laughs> right <laughs> <go>. Awesome.
1: <laughs> totally awesome. <laughs>
3: All right, Hamilton. It always jumps out. It, it was one of my favorite scenes when I was younger. It doesn't really mean it that much to me now. I just always thought it was funny how Spicoli comes back out of the bathroom and he's just like... Awesome. Because <laughs> it's so dumb. right? But yeah, there's the attempted robbery. Brad's redemption is that when Spicoli comes out of the bathroom, he distracts the robber. Right. And he throws the co- hot coffee in his yes. face and gets the gun. Which leads to the ending montage with updates of all of the characters, which is always fun. Sure. Kind Brad of hokey, became a but... manager. Damone got busted for selling Ozzy Osbourne tickets. Now he works at 7-Eleven. Okay, yep. Mr... Vargas switched back to coffee. Mr. Hand is convinced everyone's on dope. Right. And Linda is dating her like she's moved in with her abnormal right. psych professor. Yeah, which seems at appropriate. Riverside college yeah. or something. And Stacy and Mark have been carrying on a torrid love affair, but they haven't gone all the way yet. Yeah, which I love. Yeah. Very sweet. So things work out for everybody in the end. Yeah. This movie is one of those movies like The Breakfast Club or Days of Confused or whatever that will get passed on from every generation. And I think, yeah, it essentially will become as dated feeling as something like American Graffiti to sure, like future yeah. kids and stuff. But I think the brutal honesty about sex right. and being upfront with it will always ring true. Now, like I said, we're headed into a puritanical time and teens supposedly are having less sex now or whatever, but... You know, that stuff's cyclical. I think kids will always want to fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just natural. Well,
4: I mean, the hormones, it's just, you know, yeah, it's so hard to control.
3: This is a very in-your-face presentation, but I think it's based in reality, and that's why it's meant so much to people over the years and stood the test of time. Yeah. That's because, I certainly think it will carry on, absolutely. The nude scene that people loved <laughs> forever. <laughs> yeah. I think in The True Detective, one of the episodes that we did on it the three parter. I think we talked about the passing of the torch to that daddario scene. Well that
4: I mean that's certainly always going to be a moment that we all remember when all of a sudden there was a new most famous nude <laughs> scene of all time.
3: It's certainly the most posted nude scene on all of the celeb stuff on Reddit. I mean <laughs> god, I I feel right. like I've seen the gif of those scenes 10,000 times. Right. And you know what? I never get tired of clicking on them. <laughs> And I feel like that's the people that rented Fast Times a million times that they never got tired of seeing Phoebe Cates probably. <laughs> pop although that's out just of that like pool. so
4: much, the accessibility of it compared to just yeah. having to like go to a video rental store.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, probably if you were like 14 in like 1985, you might like have one friend right. who had like Fast Times on VHS or something because like probably not even that many people had VCRs yet. <laughs> And then True. somebody had this somewhere, and you're like,
4: oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a holy it. grail. Yeah.
3: I even remember being older, you know, not older, but, like, in the, into the 90s, and someone on my street, I think, like, their dad had, like, Porky's that was, like, on a VHS. Yeah. And that seemed, oh, like, yeah. so crazy. Yeah. We were just like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. I remember, like, the first time it dawns on you that, like, people can be naked in a movie. It just, like, blows your mind. Yeah, you're just
4: like, wow, I need to see all the movies now.
3: <laughs> yeah. Who knew that, like, one day you would get older and it would stop being, like, the only thing you ever thought about?
4: Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wouldn't I mean, say- it's still, like, top five for me. Yeah, for sure. Me, come on. But, yeah. like,
3: it used to just be so hard to come across this stuff that any time you could get your hands on something was such a big deal. I feel like kids are missing that now. Like yeah. They're not appreciating how hard we had to work for things. It's a
4: different time. Absolutely.
3: <laughs> and the Phoebe Kate scene was right up there for a lot of people.
4: All right. So I think that's got to be it. I that'll mean, do it for Fast yeah. Times
3: Ridgemont High. Thank you so much for listening. Follow the show on Twitter at Greatest Pod. Subscribe on iTunes.
4: Reach out if you want Apple a sticker. Podcast.
3: Let us know if you want a sticker. And finally, starting with episode 142. We will be doing one trashy summer for the month of June. Wow!
4: So you have that to look forward
3: to. So everybody, get ready for some even more talk of nude scenes. Probably. I think
4: this was kind of a good like lead in for it. You know. Yeah,
3: this is slightly trashy, right. but also taken seriously. Yes. And fairly mainstream, although the movie that we're doing first for Trashy Summer made way more money than this. Wow! It was a huge hit. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. Okay, so that'll do it. Thanks for listening. See you next time.
5: My name is Matt Foley, and I am a motivational speaker. Now let's get started by letting me give you a little bit of a scenario of what my life is all about. First off, I am 35 years old, I am divorced, and I live in a van down by the river. Now, you kids are probably saying to yourselves, hey, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna get the world by the tail and wrap it around and pull it down and put it in my pocket. Well, I'm here to tell you that you're probably gonna find out as you go out there that you're not going to amount to jack squat. You're gonna end up eating a steady diet of government cheese and living in a van down by the river. <laughs> now, young man, what do you want to do with your life?
1: Uh, actually, Matt, I kind of want to be a
4: writer.
5: Well, Lottie fricking frickin da <laughs> We got ourselves a writer here! Hey, Dad, I can't see real good. Is that Bill Shakespeare over there?
2: Huh? Well, actually, Matt, uh, Ellen and I have encouraged Brian in his writing.
5: Dad, I wish you could just shut your big yapper! <laughs> now, I wonder, Brian, from what I've heard, you're using your paper not for writing, but for rolling doobies. You're going to be doing a lot of doobie rolling when you're living in a van down by the river!